0: If you have this view of God that he is going to be chucking people into a lake of fire based on what they believe, good people, bad people, sort them out based on what they believe, then why wouldn't you also do that? You know, sort people into the good and bad basket based on what they believe throughout your life. But if instead you think that God values the person, the image of God, the image bearer, the soul, regardless of the mental furniture that's going on right now, and that love runs deeper than that then you might find that you too are capable of that kind of love.
1: Well, Welcome back to Open to Truth, a podcast all about exploring big ideas and discovering truth together, where our goal is to help you think freely, clearly, and critically about the things that matter most. My name's Clint.
0: Hey, I'm Tony. Welcome back. Nice work, man.
1: Got the new little tagline in, the mission statement. That's good. All right. So what are we exploring Mm -hmm. today? What I'd like to explore is this term that I first heard might've been years ago Mm -hmm. when you were in the program, uh, at this place called Sioux fall seminary. And and they have this little program called the Kairos program, kind of distance learning, training for pastors. Mm -hmm. And one of their values is theological hospitality, Mm -hmm. theological hospitality. And immediately when I first heard that, that kind of resonated with me as, like, it's an intriguing idea. Mm-hmm. I-, I say yes and amen. Like, what I-, I want to think more about today with you, what that really means. Yeah. Um, but as I hear it, I'm like, yes, that seems like the right kind of posture uh-huh. that I don't know well-adjusted <laughs> adults, humans who are Jesus <laughs> followers should have.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it's something that you see on display in that. Um, seminary as well because they have students from I think every country, just about every denomination. It's a real melting pot. A, a theological melting pot and they have a gatherings where all the students come and hang out like for a week. So it's kind of a requirement that they make this a front and center value because there's plenty of conversations happening cross-denominationally there.
1: So you might have a student who is a complementarian. Mm-hmm. Someone, well, there's more to it than this, but that maybe don't think women should have certain roles in the church, Yep. whereas an egalitarian, with, there is no uh, boundary mm-hmm. for what women can do in the church. Yep. So you'd have students, each might think each of those positions, and now they're brought together and asked to be hospitable toward one another. Mm-hmm. What does that end up, what does that mean? Yep. And is that a good value or not? Oh. I don't know. Let's talk about that, too. Yeah, Like, is there something dangerous? I don't want to, like, just write it off or just assume that it's obviously good. Just because yeah. it's a cute phrase. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, can it go too far? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, one – here's just one thought yep. about assessing whether it's good is, I don't know. You might say, look, I have really good reasons for thinking that the position I've come to is true and – it would be better if other people also thought this way, because then more people would be acquainted with reality and know the truth. You know, as arrogant as that might sound, I mean, some people are in that situation; mm-hmm. like they ha- happen to have yep. the correct view. Um, and so that might, and this is where maybe it's the leap in logic mm. or behavioral ethical logic, then I should go out of my way to try to persuade people that I'm right and yep. show people the error of their ways. Because wouldn't you want to know that you're not in line with the truth? That's, yeah. that's great for you, because now you've shored up one of your deficiencies. Now you know the truth. You should want this, yeah. Um, I take that to not be what theological hospitality... That trying to convince the other. Yeah. I don't think although i mean what's your response to that
0: um that's just how anybody who thinks they're right though like everybody thinks they're right that's why you think what you think yeah if you thought it was wrong you would change it <laughs> um I, when i think about hospitality i think about your classic example of hospitality the Guests for dinner. Guests for dinner. Yeah, I'm having someone over to my place. Uh, Walk me through it. What what happens? Here's my territory, my domain, where I feel safe. And now I'm inviting somebody else to come and share this space with me, to share the goods that I have, the food I'm going to provide. I'm going to serve them, you know, um, and meet their needs.
1: Not it's it's almost going above treating them as an equal. It is. You're
0: putting yourself under. I'm serving them. Well, yeah, really. I like, take your coat, or yeah, yeah, or yeah. I don't expect you to serve me mm-hmm. dinner when you come to my house. You know, like I'm going to serve you dinner. Yeah. Um, so there's this posture of preferring the other that's involved in hospitality and involved in love generally. Um, and I don't. Another thing is like. Maybe you ask them to take off their shoes when they come in. Like, we have some customs in this house or mm-hmm. something. But you're not asking them to be someone else. You're not asking them to change their outfit. Yeah. And, oh, could you put a different shirt on before you come in? Like, No, come as you are, and um, you are welcome in this. I want you to feel overwhelmingly welcome mm-hmm. with me. Uh, that's regular hospitality. So theological hospitality then. Yeah. Is, I guess,
1: all of those same postures, but just in the realm of ideas. In the realm
0: of ideas. About your faith, specifically. And, and I guess, in um, rather than physical space, in social space, conversational space, relational space. Um,
1: and so, I guess, yep. maybe to kick us off then, does does what we just described as theological hospitality exclude the caricature from earlier, old mate who wants to persuade people of the truth is that allowed or does it just need to be
0: we need to you're saying like is that not hospitable yeah i think um i just think that at least for me is that desire to persuade and acquaint with the truth that just takes a bit of a back seat when i'm in hospitality mode Hmm. again if it's if it's about preferring the other person I would want to... Okay, let's talk about it this way. At a minimum, if I'm sitting down to a conversation with somebody who thinks differently than me and I'm trying to be theologically hospitable, at a minimum, I need to genuinely seek to understand them. Give them the space to articulate their position uh, and meet that articulation with grace and not a reaction and not a furrowed brow and like... None mm-hmm. of that, just create space for them to be who they are, to express who they are and to get really curious for me to get curious about who they are. And then like, you know, if if I'm in the situation where I really think they've said some things that are off the wall or wrong and I have some truth that, man, I should persuade them of this, that's just going to take a backseat. It's like, uh, that's down the road. The relationship for me is the priority. Mm-hmm. Let's have the conversation. Let's have the space. And eventually should it be? Should that be the case for everybody? Is this like a, a principle this to live to, by? Yes, it's a principle I live by. Uh, just that, like, I mean, it's not going to be this way with everybody, but you would expect that as you build a relationship with this person, there's a there's a camaraderie that builds. Eventually, they're going to ask you about what you think, and hopefully, they're able to reciprocate the same space you've provided for or them. Or maybe
1: not. What if maybe not? Maybe not.
0: Maybe not. Um, I I think it needs to be about refusing to reduce the other person to being the sum of their ideas. It's about seeing past, here's everything they believe at the moment, their Mm -hmm. ideas, the way they see the world, and they're offering this to me, and I disagree with some of it. But there's a person underneath all of that um, because ideas come and go, beliefs change, all of that can change but there's something, someone made in the image of God that is infinitely valuable, despite whatever current believies are yeah. populating in the brain. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to hang on to that. And I'm going to love the person regardless of the ideas first. Now I get it. The Maybe the counterpoint is the way I love them is by telling them the truth. They need to hear it. You know, I, need I to hear people
1: them. saying, quoting the speak the truth in love mm-hmm. passage.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: but often it is done in not the most loving
0: manner. It's that. I'm not suggesting you need to be dishonest about what you believe or or be silent on it and just refuse to go not say anything. Mm-hmm. But you can still offer a contrary view in a way that is not um, combative. You can do that. You don't have to, with your tone, with your body language, it doesn't have to become a, a fight. Yeah. You can be, man, I really see that differently. This is kind of the way I think about it how does that strike you you know it doesn't have to be a fight it just doesn't right right can be lots of people want it to be it might naturally tend that way without conscious effort
1: Hmm. so okay so that's over the course of a conversation you know i mean yeah man hopefully i have a high hope in my heart that these students that go through that program and hopefully we can be Modeling this as leaders at a church, and or just in common courtesy, talkings with people in the community, just regular uh, social that you could make it through a conversation in person with someone and be hospitable, and not get totally riled up and angry to where you need to shout at them or Mm -hmm. say that cast aspersions and judgments toward them. Mm -hmm. But then there's this extra layer of what about like ongoing relationship fellowship are there some ideas and beliefs that ex- like preclude that possibility that make that not wise or not possible is that is that true or and then i guess the follow up does that matter for theological theological hospitality or is that something different
0: I'm thinking about I'm thinking about what we see modeled in Jesus and like the kinds of people he interacted with the kind of relationships he pursued your your question is are there some people that you shouldn't have fellowship with because of their ideas worldview whatever and that it might lead you astray or something is that kind of what you're getting at um, it's just not gonna you're I not don't know gonna end the leading up you astray okay
1: or just Yeah, I do I guess I'd, I I want to know about should fellowship be broken because of beliefs or not pursued, let's say. And then uh, and then how does that relate to the theological hospitality? I'm just wondering the limits of that. Yeah, yeah. What what is the what does hospitality require of me in the theological lane? So for instance, I mean, I don't know. I might have a family over for dinner from our church and I'm very hospitable and we had a very nice time. Do, am I required to like go out of my way and do that as much as I can or build these friendships with everyone? Surely not. Oh, I don't think so. No. So I'm just wondering how that pertains to theological hospitality then. Mm -hmm. Is it purely just when I do encounter people that disagree, then just, Don't be a
0: douche. Yeah, I mean, I don't. Is that all it is, or well, is there more to it? It It might be that simple. I don't think we're saying like, "Hey, as a Christian, go out of your way to um, pursue the spiritual path with a Buddhist and see if you end up in the same spot." We're not. I don't think we're saying that. Like, have tight fellowship with somebody who thinks differently than you as you pursue God. That said, I think probably be really good for you to build a relationship with a Buddhist, (laughs) hang out with them and hear what they have to say. So, um, yeah, I guess it depends how you're defining that fellowship thing. But, but for me, I don't know, man, it's blown pretty wide open. I'd like, I'd like to think I could have fellowship with just about anybody. I say that though, I can think of people who I would struggle with where I'd get triggered, you know, Mm -hmm. and where it would be harder for me to remain hospitable. Um,
1: would you mind sharing like what, uh, it prob- what ideas come to mind? When yeah, you- it
0: probably just is more of that really reformed leaning. It's a school of thought I came from hmm. that um, that I'm no longer
1: compelled by. Like the strong election stuff, predestination. Yep. God just chooses who
0: goes to heaven and hell. Yeah, yeah. But nothing to do with you. Just N- Now I say that, I think I could certainly have conversations with folks without shouting or getting mad or anything yeah but that those are the conversations where i would find little pangs of oh man there's a guy
1: there's a guy in the at the seminary that i'm learning a lot from and he puts it this way like can you get to the place where you can still cheer for that person and their ministry and celebrate what god is doing in their life i guess uh which, yeah. which is that more, I don't know, maybe active hospitality mm-hmm. than, like, this passive, just general goodwill. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm just not going to go out of my way to fight with people. Right. That doesn't necessarily mean you're hospitable. That's different
0: than inviting people in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> or going out of your way to say, like, you're, you're doing a great job or, you know, blessing them, I mm-hmm. guess. Yeah. Because that's what you're doing in your home. Like, in that example, you're, you're blessing them through serving. Yep. You're being kind and extra generous, let's say. Yep.
0: I just think, I think that stuff is way... Could you do that for the Reformed person yeah. you're with? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think so. And I just think... I think that stuff is ultimately going to speak louder than a set of syllogisms and a tract. And, you know, it's like, it's... It's somebody seeing your life, your character, your way of being. It's, it's that that's going to draw them to Christ, if anything. It'll be seeing Christ in you. It's not going to be, wow, he laid out a great argument for me. Um, not not to say that like maybe some arguments are helpful for some people who have intellectual stumbling blocks and that sort of thing, but my priority, at least these days, is... Build relationship and try to show christ before i tell you about him mm-hmm. necessarily you know um yeah so do you want to get to um
1: or maybe uh <clears throat> maybe i mean maybe this is too obvious but a little time on like what would what would be theologically inhospitable what does that look like and mm. what are we trying to avoid by yeah. having this as a value what's the don't and i don't know it's it's tough is it like if you're in the conversation about theological matters just trying to focus on showing why they're
0: wrong or something like that's what the in Hospitality? Yeah. It, what's unhospitality? What's the opposite of... Hospi- Inhospitable, yeah. I guess. It, um, yeah, I think, again, yeah. I think it's the difference between thinking about the conversation. You're there to serve the other person when you're being hospitable. It's actually about them first, not you. It's about what they have to say, not what you have to say. Yeah. Um, Here, man, how about this? Like... Hmm.
1: Because I do, th- I, I was worried there that it's just not that significant
0: of a. <laughs> we're just saying be polite to people.
1: <laughs> I do think it goes beyond that. Like, so a passage I've been reading is this thing in Romans 14. And in the Roman church, back when Paul wrote that letter, you had the Jewish Christians who were super concerned about Sabbath and keeping like the dietary food laws from Torah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the Gentile Christians basically didn't care about that stuff at all. They barely knew about the Bible, didn't yep. think about Torah. They're introduced to Jesus in kind of a whole other way, but they're part of the same church. Mm-hmm. And so the church became fractured when they would come together at the table. Gentiles are eating pork and whatever, and the Jews, and that seems so foreign to us, like that shouldn't matter.
0: But it would have been a big deal. It would have
1: been a very, that it was a very theological thing that the Jews were doing. And very in your face too, yeah. And so Paul is saying to them in Romans 14, like, don't condemn and judge, keep coming together, don't mm. fracture over this. Mm. So despite the theological differences, come together, have fellowship, mm. ongoing. Yep. It's not just a conversation. Yeah, it's, it's um, a partnership. You're part. You're on mission in, together in as a relationship. church. Yep. Um, I do. Yeah. I I think it's more. That's the meteor part of this, mm-hmm. and where the rubber meets the road in church life, and I don't know. Maybe it's just okay. How about this? Is it then right to lament that the American church is really fractured. Mm. And by that, I mean, I guess all the different denominations, how minute sometimes the differences are. Oh, yeah. But even when they're great, I just wonder, is that a sign that the church is theologically
0: inhospitable? Yeah. It was astonishing to me, man, when I came over here, seeing how many churches there are. I couldn't believe it. Mm. It's like in every neighborhood, churches on every corner. Why do we need this many? Consolidate. Mm. It didn't That's make funny. sense. So it's just all these different denominations. Yeah. So are you are you suggesting there's nothing worth breaking fellowship over? What would it take? What would it take for you to leave a church? I oh, know I'm putting you on the spot. It's oh, not man. like you've thought about that, but like
1: I guess like it would have to be something about the more the texture, the uh-huh. the ethos of the the atmosphere of what was being showcased. Like if it became really condemnatory, judgmental, yep. telling people, sending them away hopeless. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess like really hammering some of the hell stuff yep. would kind of be a bummer um, and like not very helpful. So that would make me less inclined to want to be a part of it. Infallish. Is that not being hospitable?
0: Cuz there are churches out there, like Westboro. There they are. What does it look like for us to be theologically hospitable to Westboro Baptist Church?
1: Hmm.
0: I think they are so wrong, you know? Like I just think they're about as wrong as you can be. <laughs> can I love them? I can want good for them? Yeah. Would I have fellowship with them? Could I be in a worship service with them?
1: Maybe it's like the principle of autonomy in law, which is like you're allowed to self-legislate however you'd like as long as you don't get in the way of people's other self-legislation. Okay. (laughs) So, you know, direct yourself as you will. Just don't infringe on other people doing that for them. So, like, you can't steal, you can't murder, you can't harm. Um, Maybe that's... We should go that angle with it. Like, be theologically hospitable... Until, like, other people aren't willing to do that with you. I don't know. Like, because they clearly wouldn't be. No, that's the thing. They embody the opposite of this, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like... I I almost don't even know how you could. Because, I don't know. Would they even sit at table with you to begin with? Yeah,
0: yeah. (laughs) They sing worship songs, right? Could I go to their church and sing a worship song? About oh, them? I think so. Could I do yeah. that?
1: Admittedly, I don't know a ton about them, but I don't know. I think it's a super as I don't know. Maybe this is coming across as too like low shelf, like super obvious stuff. But <laughs> I don't know if if you're listening, surely you've encountered a lot of circumstances over the years where people were not this way. Mm -hmm. We're not showing you theological hospitality. You had a question, you had a new idea about your faith and it was shot down down. immediately as out of bounds, unbiblical, Mm -hmm. um, false teachery, anti-Jesus or something. And you're like, well, I just kind of want to think about this openly and freely.
0: Not in church, mate. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So can you think about a time when somebody was hospitable towards you? and What that did for you? I'm trying to think who has done this for me. I mean, you have, but like, who were some of the first people? I guess the guy we work for now, Mm he has been pretty hospitable with me. Like I thought about things quite differently when I first got hired. Yeah. Were you a Calvinist when you got hired? Mm, no. no, fresh off the ranks though Okay uh, Molinist mm. Armenian uh, Molinist Yeah But Still very, very much uh, Exclusionary Like The way is narrow And there are a few who find it mm-hmm. And now I think Less that I think less that So Yeah, my thinking's changed But there was Space And there has remained space for me On this team Despite my disagreements that I had back then, yeah, I, and that I, I would have now.
1: I guess you're asking for experiences where I have still been loved as a person, despite n- knowing that that person disagrees, yeah, and has has a different view. Mm-hmm. That, that's what we're talking about, I guess. Yeah. And so I, yeah, I've experienced that about theology, and I've experienced it the other way, like where people break fellowship because of a because of something that you I think,
0: have. yeah, and <laughs> that's something. Yeah, so that. I cannot be in fellowship with you. Dangerous, man. Mm-hmm. All right. Tricky thing because fellowship's a two way street.
1: So I think it's a value worth striving for, even if it's hard to pinpoint mm-hmm. exactly the limits of it. Or, I don't know. And then you get into the, about like whole other faiths. Yeah. That, I mean, sure, and surely it's not like asking like this shouldn't be so novel a concept that it's like you sit down with other people that think differently and you can genuinely entertain their idea. um, Be curious about it, asking questions Mm -hmm. um, and not feeling the urge to like control them or control the situation by showing all the ways that you happen to think that they're wrong. Yeah. I mean,
0: is that so much to ask? <laughs> I think it's good. I think yeah. it's something to be aware of, something to be cognizant of. Cool. Yeah. I think that's all I
1: got. How about this, man? What if, um, maybe we can close with this thought. Mm. What if you're listening, what if someone's listening and they find themselves in a faith community that they're like, oh, it's not theologically hospitable at all? Uh, then, what? what should they do? Like, because there's this kind of backwards thing that where, should
0: they leave? and then Where they are willing to be hospitable to everybody else, you mean, but the opposite is not true. Mm-hmm. The community is theologically hostile. <laughs> like, should
1: they get out? Or is that not being hospitable? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, like, what are steps that someone could take to try to bring this atmosphere to a greater degree in their sphere
0: well i am thinking about my own experience here and i would be surprised if you're in a faith community and you're the only one with questions or doubts or some differences of views maybe it feels like an echo chamber and maybe it seems like everybody's hostile to your ideas I would be surprised if there's not one other person there who is asking similar questions. And, and I've found that, um, you can see a sense of relief wash over people when you create space for them to like confess their secret doubt or confess their question Mm -hmm. that they're wrestling with. And you can just hold it and be there with them. And you might find that you're, yeah, that you're not the only one there. And, um, maybe yeah i don't know is there something about it where it's like
1: just to circle back i have this thought of decoupling someone's beliefs from their value as a person or assessing their character Mm -hmm. that you're not like thinking like thinking less of them as a person like you're a good or bad person based on the thoughts yeah or the beliefs because it goes back to a, a former episode and this is—it's all the mm-hmm. it gets. It can get complicated. I don't mean to like over. I don't want to get too in the weeds, but back to that dogmatic voluntarism. Eh, mm-hmm. What that says is that you uh, have freedom to just change your beliefs. Yeah. Do you get to
0: choose? What or to is believe? it
1: involuntary? You just kind of like find yourself believing it. And I—I I think that's a helpful piece for this conversation yep. because. If you're a voluntarist and you think people just have total control over what they believe, then it does become a, a more moral issue. Mm-hmm. Let's say, uh, like if you think an idea is abhorrent, yeah, and someone ha- freely chose, chose to adopt it, it, then they are abhorrent, <laughs> right? Kind of, yeah. yeah. Whereas if the belief's more like through just life experience and just you kind of find yourself believing them mm-hmm. and there's reasons and stuff and evidence still at play but you just yep. then i think it
0: makes it easier to be hospitable yep because i don't know yeah there's a degree of understanding there a degree of empathy um i might have thought the same
1: thing but yeah, i had it's that. that experience yep
0: and i think another
1: Another. I would probably be a Muslim if I grew up in Iran.
0: Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, sure. Yeah, probably. Probably. See, another connect, another piece I think that's connected here is what do you think about... How, how do you think about God's perspective on what you believe? Does God care what you believe? Does God care what this other person believes? And... I can't remember. I think we've gone there in other episodes and stuff. The, but but if you feel... There like, is an episode with that is, thumbnail. Is there? Great. Yeah. Okay, so go listen to that. But I could understand why if you have this view of God that he is going to be chucking people into a lake of fire based on what they believe, Yeah. good people, bad people, sort them out based on what they believe, then why wouldn't you also do that? You know, sort people into the good and bad basket based on what they believe throughout your life. But if instead you think that God values the person, the image of God, the image bearer, the soul, regardless of the mental furniture that's going on right now, and that love runs deeper than that, then you might find that you too are capable of that kind of love.
1: I think that's why I like the term so much. Mm. I think
0: you've articulated it well.
1: Like, It's this kind of tasty Trojan horse. Ah. like, They're like, oh yeah, I like that. And it kind of smuggles in this whole view of... Doctrine and Mm -hmm. theology, and what it's doing, how we should respond to it—that has kind of implications you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, I think it's all connected. Yeah, that's really good. Cool. Well, if you if you enjoyed that, um, we'd love to hear from you. Maybe you have a horror story about a time (laughs) where there was not theological hospitality, or if you have any questions about that, how to build those kind of spaces in your faith community i would love to talk about that Mm -hmm. so feel free to write in at mailbag at openatruth.com and we respond to everything that comes in so
0: yeah we want to hear what you have to say so uh join the conversation we'll see you next time stay curious